This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by ExpressVPN and by HelloFresh. Bye, bye, Mr. Ajit Pie. Where's your giant mug? I don't have a giant mug because I'm normal. Yeah. But yeah, that's right, folks. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, who has spent the last four years fighting tooth and nail against the concept of net neutrality and has more recently uh, been looking to crack down on social media companies for their anti-conservative bias, has announced that he'll be stepping down from the Federal Communications Commission when Joe Biden is sworn into office in January. Uh, It can, uh, at this point, be pretty hard to keep track of all the minor characters from the Trump era that have come and gone. But uh, Ajit Pai, he definitely stood out, uh, especially early on, as someone just transparently working on behalf of big business. Uh, so, yeah, can't say we'll be sorry to see him go. No. Not one bit. I mean, and it was kind of crazy that he fell off because of the absurdity of this entire year. It's like he, he's been in the background definitely pulling some switches and pushing some, uh, turning some yeah. knobs. But, like, kind of vanished. And he, like, yeah, he, had, he hasn't really been on in the headlines too much. Uh, if, uh, well, he, a job well done. He had yeah. done pretty much everything that he was but planning like, to do. Oddly enough, a lot of the stuff he did in the second half of Trump's term was, mm-hmm. like, sort of just, like, making himself look like the good guy by, like, saying, we should reverse this bad thing, but it's, like, something he put yeah, into put place, in, like, yeah. before he was commissioner, even. Yeah. Stuff like that. And if you're wondering... Yes, he is uh, quitting his post the day that Joe Biden is sworn in. Yeah. You can't fire me, I quit kind of deal. Yeah. Now, of course, Ajit Pai's contributions weren't all terrible. He did provide some pretty good cringe content after all. Uh, That Daily Wire video he had appeared in back in 2017, right after he repealed net neutrality, was a cringe goldmine in which Ajit Pai cringily explained that just because net neutrality is getting repealed doesn't mean you still can't gram your food or take selfies with your dog or buy fidget spinners online. Cool. Uh, plus, there was, the, of course, the big stupid Reese's mug that he would drink out of during hearings. Get it? It's big. Yeah. And uh, that time that he gave Vice a tour of his office and showed off his Ron Swanson Pyramid of Greatness poster, prompting Nick Offerman, the actual Ron Swanson, <laughs> yeah. to respond in character with, I'm flattered that my pyramid of greatness has inspired you. I'll remind you that the top category is honor. Sadly, based on your duplicitous handling of the net neutrality issue and the way you are willfully ignoring the public you claim to serve, I feel you may need that term defined. Which means, of course, that you don't have it. Damn, Ron. And he then he threw his computer into the dumpster once again. Yep. Uh, anyways, in case you need a quick recap on what net neutrality is and why Ajit Pai sucks for opposing it, uh, net neutrality is the idea that ISPs and mobile carriers should treat all internet communications as equal and not block, slow down, or charge extra for specific online content. Uh, basically, under net neutrality, companies like Comcast and Verizon can't charge you extra to access Twitter or block your access to Pornhub uh-huh. or, or slow down your connection to Netflix. Um, If you think of the internet as a highway, that would mean no fast lanes and no toll booths. All the cars just on the road together. And, And look, if you were on one side of this or the wrong side in the past, the year 2020 should have removed any doubt in your mind that the internet needs net neutrality. Mm -hmm. Because imagine for a moment that Zoom got throttled or Microsoft Teams got throttled because they refused to pay the ISP or something like that. Like everyone, it is a vital service. Everyone is telecommuting. Everyone need the the internet is, you need it to survive in this modern era. Yeah. And uh, another thing uh, is is all the fucking streaming uh, video apps now, like without net neutrality, 
like if you if you fully embrace the anti-net neutrality thing, and you take it to its logical conclusion. It's yeah. like, well, this is a Comcast household, so that means our HBO Max. You know, we only get about 10 gigs of that a month. We can use as much Netflix as we want, and that's, like, unlimited, super fast. We can stream Um, on Peacock. Yeah, Peacock, (laughs) you know, we're capped at 30 gigs, but we got to pay $2 extra. It'd be a fucking mess on top of the mess we already have. And that's kind of happening now. AT&T, if you use their ISP, you get HBO Max at a discount or free. Yeah, so that's zero rating, which is, like, a subcategory of net neutrality. But it's, like, a little taste of it. Yeah, it's, like, we're not charging extra, and we're not throttling. We're just saying that these things are free and don't count towards your data. So uh, essentially we're saying, please use these services instead of these other services. Yeah. Uh, Look, yeah. If you, but like, yeah. Knowing what you know about US ISPs and just the tech business in general, but yeah. ISPs especially, they'd all be more than happy to start abusing a net neutrality repeal at the first available opportunity because screwing over customers and consumers is, it's what they do. It's their bread and butter. Yes. If they can make more money somewhere, they're going to do it. Yeah. Luckily, despite Ajit Pai's FCC voting three to two along party lines to repeal net neutrality in December 2017, the fight has continued at the state level and in the courts, creating way too much uncertainty for any of the big ISPs to do much until things are resolved. And with Ajit Pai stepping down from the FCC in January, that means a new Democrat-majority FCC can get right to work restoring pre-Trump net neutrality rules. Unless Joe Biden fucks that up. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, thanks to some recent pettiness from Trump, they can get to work on that even more quickly than they would have otherwise. Yeah, I love this. So, so I and I missed this when it happened, but back in August, Trump withdrew his renomination of Republican Commissioner Michael O'Reilly for another five-year term at the FCC, and he did this apparently as punishment. Uh, because O'Reilly didn't support Trump's efforts to repeal Section 230 protections for social media sites. So Trump's like, you know, your your term's up. I was gonna I was gonna say give him another five years, but uh, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, his pettiness has been really coming back to bite him recently. Yeah, more and more. It's great to see. But he, did he go? Hey, will you repeal Section 230? And the guy's like, No, we're not gonna do it. And he goes, Oh, really? And then and then signed. The oh, thing. really? Yeah, I've never seen the spelling of. It's not O'Reilly. It's no, it's O'Reilly. The, it's, it's the owl, and it says O-R-L-Y. O'Reilly. Yeah. So, yeah, with O'Reilly and Pi out in January, that leaves a two-to-one Democrat majority at the FCC, at least until two new commissioners can be appointed. Um, so, yeah, they can they can get work to work right out the gate. If Trump hadn't done that little tantrum over O'Reilly, there would have been an even split of Republicans and Democrats at the FCC until Bi- Biden appointed a fifth commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, great job, Mr. President. A real Midas touch... So, uh, yeah, it does suck that we are, you know, we, this news is dropping um, and we haven't had Phil Larigo around for a while. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to, uh, you know, hear what Phil's thoughts on this and maybe gloat with him. I miss and, him so uh, much. Shitting on Ajit Pai was sort of Phil's thing. Oh, hey. Oh, my God. It's Phil. He has a message for Just everyone. like the monolith, he has appeared. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Agit Pie. What happened, buddy? What happened, man? Was your mug not big enough? Was was your fidget spinner video where you made fun of net neutrality not late to the meme enough? I just... I don't know. But what I do know is I don't have to worry anymore. I don't have to worry about seeing your stupid face or, or one of your stupid bits... Or, I don't know, just seeing you doing unfunny things while you're not good at your job. And, I don't know, you know, 
Michael Scott from The Office is kind of a sympathetic figure, but that's what you are in real life, minus all the endearing stuff where you really care about people. And I find it fitting that you're leaving the FCC on January 20th, because that's the birthday of Rain Wilson, who played Dwight on The Office, who was your nemesis. So as your nemesis, all I can say is, I'm sorry we're both from Buffalo, New York, and I, when you start eventually lobbying for companies to try to undermine whatever they do at the FCC, I hope you fail miserably. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, thank you so much for checking in, Phil. Uh, I mean, we've all missed you, and uh, it really hasn't been that long since you were here, but it feels like an eternity because of this godforsaken year. Yeah. Uh, anyways, back to that Section 230 stuff. I mean, that's been Ajit Pai's thing more recently, thanks to the fact that Donald Trump and his Republican colleagues are obsessed with the idea that Twitter and Facebook are censoring conservative speech and not just enforcing their terms of service and trying to prevent the spread of disinformation. No, it's censorship, yeah. gosh darn it. <laughs> Uh, in October, Ajit Pai announced that he was moving forward with plans to clarify Section 230, but that's pretty much doomed now, obviously. And meanwhile, though, Trump has latched on to Section 230 as possibly one of the last things he does as president, saying the following on Twitter earlier this week. This man's timeline has been deranged. Here, here's what he said. Section 230, which is a liability shielding gift from the U.S. to big tech, the only companies in America that have it. Corporate welfare is a serious threat to our national security and election integrity. Our country can never be safe and secure if we allow it to stand. Therefore, if the very dangerous and unfair Section 230 is not completely terminated as part of the National Defense Authorization Act, I will be forced to unequivocally veto the bill when sent to the very beautiful resolute death. <laughs> Take back America now. Thank you. Which is, I guarantee you he added that very beautiful resolute desk thing because of everyone making fun of him. No, actually the desk is beautiful. (laughs) You're just jealous of my beautiful desk. Yes. (laughs) Like he had to have added that because of the mockery. Yeah. What did Cat Turd have to say about this? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked. Probably, I'm sure the president loved it. it (laughs) Thank you, Cat Turd. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. uh, Yeah. He's he's talking a big game here, but that's almost certainly not going to happen. It's Mm -hmm. just. Such a specific demand, and the the NDAA is like a massive piece of annual legislation. It's, it's not going to fucking happen. God, I hope not. We do appreciate the energy that he's putting in, even during his final lame duck months in office, though. Like, that's cool. Yeah, I do like Most that. Most presidents just slowly recede into the background, but not I, this guy. I do like that all of the things he's trying to do with his last few moments as president, as president are completely worthless and pointless <laughs> and have no bite and yeah. are a waste of time and uh, kind of solidify how much of a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Like, in every aspect. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, that's enough politics for now. Here's some much more fun news. SpaceX apparently has plans to race remote control cars on the moon in 2021. And they've partnered with automotive designer Frank Stevenson to design the vehicles. Stevenson's design portfolio includes the Mini Cooper, the Fiat 500, the Ferrari F430, and a bunch of cars from McLaren. So these little moon racers, they're probably going to look pretty good. And uh, to be fair, despite the headlines all calling this a SpaceX project, it's actually a collaboration between multiple companies. A SpaceX rocket will carry a lunar lander made by Intuitive Machines, and the race itself is being run by Moonmark, a multimedia and education content company who have partnered with Lunar Outpost, a space technology company. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, 
Space is a, it's a collaborative environment. You gotta. But imagine. it's easy to just be like SpaceX did. Yeah, I don't imagine Hot Wheels is upset by this. Well, I, I got to imagine even Moonmark's probably upset with how this is being reported. Cause oh, because like, they're not getting into the credits. Yeah, it's yeah. like the fourth paragraph is where they say like actually SpaceX doesn't have a whole lot to do with this. They're just facilitating it. But whatever. Anyway, the race itself is a culmination of a program that Moonmark has had going for several months in which several teams of high school students from around the world competed in various challenges for the opportunity to build and race two vehicles on the moon. Uh, Team Atlas from Buenos Aires and Team Ilstar from Shanghai were the two finalists, uh, and they both came up with their own moon racer designs that met or exceeded the technical specifications needed to race on the moon and did it in just a month. Mm -hmm. So uh, next, the teams will work with Frank Stevenson to refine and complete their designs and hopefully make them look cool as shit. <laughs> no, and, they're uh, going to look like Teslas. He, he, Elon Musk going to be like, well, actually, I think that maybe you're going to have to find a different way to the moon unless you make it look like a Tesla. <laughs> make it look like a tiny uh, Cybertruck. <laughs> they might. He might do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, these kids might do it on their own. Although, I, I would be curious to hear this Frank Stevenson uh, guy's uh, thoughts on the Cybertruck, because he probably, he might not love it, based on his designs, which are yeah. very, like, organic Sleek. looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the actual launch is scheduled for next October, so it's going to be a little while. Yeah. And they haven't said whether or not it'll be live streamed. They'd be fools not to do it. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest betting event of the year. Yeah. that's that's I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to this. This is cool as fuck. Like, yeah. We don't have enough video footage from the moon. Like, most of our good video footage from the moon is from the 70s, and it looks cool as shit, but, like, tiny, time is easy to see tiny little race cars, yeah, 4K, yeah. live, and the, I, betting on it with bitcoins. The winner <laughs> is, that's definitely going to happen, but the yeah. winner of the race is definitely going to be a, a car that is designed to look exactly like a Tesla, but has racing stripes on it. Yeah, maybe. Can you believe it? How well it did. Also, my son, Static Noise, was the one driving it. <laughs> my it's, son, actually, <laughs> it's actually the size of a Power Wheels. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we got more news for you. But uh, first, this episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. And nowadays, we're constantly hearing about personal data being compromised. There was that big Twitter hack a few months ago where people like Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Kanye West, and others had their accounts broken into. And companies like Facebook, eBay, Uber, Adobe, and Yahoo, they've all had big personal data breaches with passwords, credit card info, and driver's licenses belonging to billions of people ended up being leaked. Uh, if these big companies aren't going to protect your data, the least you can do is try to protect your online personal data with the VPN that we use and trust, ExpressVPN. According to recent reports, hackers can make up to $1,000 from selling someone's personal information on the dark web, making people like me and you easy, lucrative targets. Mm -hmm. ExpressVPN is an app that funnels your data through a secure encrypted tunnel so that no matter what device you use, you can have peace of mind every time you use the internet. The app connects with just one click, it's lightning fast, and the best part is ExpressVPN works on up to five devices simultaneously so you and your whole family can stay protected. If a breach can happen to powerful individuals, it can easily happen to you. So protect yourself with ExpressVPN, the VPN rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless others. Uh, and if you visit expressvpn.com slash newsday right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash newsday. Visit expressvpn.com slash newsday to learn more. 
And this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. HelloFresh is easy and stress-free. The recipes are easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. And HelloFresh is flexible for your lifestyle. You can easily change your delivery days or meal plan preferences, and you can skip a week whenever you need right in their app. And depending on your appetite, you can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra meals, proteins, quick meals like breakfast on the go, or 10-minute lunches, and even desserts if you want to satisfy that sweet tooth. Uh, Obviously, we're big fans of their rice bowls. Uh, they're very quick and easy to make, and they're also delicious. I saw I was browsing their menus, and uh, the, a lot of their best of 2019 ones, the ones that people rated five stars, they're back. Yeah. They're back for 2020. They're 20, bringing it back. Or, uh, yeah, back for 2020, and uh, they're, they're cycling them back in, uh, including, the, including a lot of ones that I really enjoyed. The good news? Not only is it cuffing season, it's lockdown season. Yeah. So get your food delivered. You're not you're not showing your your bare skin to anyone for no. months. Eat so up. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday90 and use code Newsday90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Again, that is $90 off, including free shipping, by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday90 and using our code Newsday90. Uh, another tech news, Uber has officially bought Postmates. Wow. One of the biggest competitors to Uber's Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. Uh, DoorDash remains the biggest food delivery platform, but Uber is now very much a close second. Um, Interestingly, at least for the foreseeable future, Uber plans to keep Postmates as a separate brand while integrating the two services behind the scenes. So basically, two separate food delivery apps, but the same, like, servers, the same delivery drivers, and the same company. Soon they're just going to own all of the ghost kitchens themselves, and it's just going to be... The illusion of choice. Yeah. Because there has, at least here in Los Angeles, there's, up until this point, I don't know anymore, but there have been very clear uh, choices to be made if you want... A certain thing, you have to go on Postmates. Yeah. If you want a certain business They're over here, you have like to go on exclusive. Uber Eats. They're uh, all there's, so. there's a new one uh, that a lot of restaurants are using that I think is better for restaurants. I can't remember the name of it right now. But a lot of my favorite restaurants, they, they said just like to hell with it with mm-hmm. these services. And they all signed up for this new one that's yeah. like way better for some reason. I don't know. Uh, anyways, this is good news for Uber, who have obviously had a rough year, to put it lightly, uh, because way fewer people are choosing to ride in strangers' cars. <laughs> I don't know why, Yeah, but we're... Come on, folks. Uh, conversely, delivery apps have done great during the pandemic, with most restaurants closed for dining. Uh, but speaking of restaurants, uh, having one less delivery service to choose from means they now have even fewer options to take their business elsewhere if they want to. And the same goes for drivers, who will now have an increasingly smaller pool of companies to contract for. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, fuck Uber and fuck all these companies. Look, uh, the thing is, the thing is, is like, look, it's extremely convenient. And a lot of people yeah, out there great. really like convenience, and it's super easy to use. And yeah, you're going to get your food. If you really want to do good by the restaurants... You, you will find well. their actual numbers, yeah. and you will call them because a lot of them are expanding delivery options, yeah. or you could just go pick it up. But if you're going to use one of the services, that's a choice you, you can make for convenience. I use them, too. We both use them. Tip the drivers well. Yeah. They don't make a lot of money. And give them cash if you got cash laying around instead of the app. So. Actually, first ask them if they voted yes or no on profit. <laughs> then, then do it. Then decide accordingly yeah, whether you want to tip them. Sure. No, just tip them. Anyway, yeah. speaking of driving... Uh, We've joked a lot about rolling coal on this show, which is when uh, diesel trucks are modified to just spew 
thick black exhaust fumes. Take that, libtard. Yeah. You triggered lib? Uh, yeah, it's, ba- it's basically a way to trigger the libs and give a big middle finger to environmentalism and, like, I guess look cool. Uh, and it's done by literally just disabling or removing emissions control devices from the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's illegal pretty much everywhere, but, you know, that just kind of adds to the So thrill, he's doing sick burnouts. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's called reckless driving, pal, but nah, it also feels pretty great. A ticket smells for what? Cool. Being awesome? Yeah, exactly. Leaving two thick black marks on the road so yeah. I can know that that was me every time I drive by. Anyways, the EPA recently actually did a study on just how bad rolling coal is for the environment, and uh, turns out... Really bad. Wow, who'd have thought? Uh, (laughs) From their report, based on this analysis for the cases that EPA has investigated, Air Enforcement Division estimates that the emissions controls have been removed from more than 550,000, Jesus, 550,000 diesel pickup trucks in the last decade. As a result of this tampering, more than 570,000 tons of excess oxides of nitrogen and 5,000 tons of particulate matter will be emitted by these tampered trucks over the lifetime of the vehicles. These tampered trucks constitute approximately 15% of the national population of diesel trucks that were originally certified with emissions controls. But due to their severe excess nitrogen emissions, these trucks have an air quality impact equivalent to adding more than 9 million additional compliant non-tampered diesel pickup trucks to our roads. Um, Or to put it another way, each coal rolling diesel truck emits as much pollution as 16 normal trucks that haven't been tampered with. Jesus. But hey, that black smoke, it just looks so cool. Yeah. Uh, Also, reading this report, the people that I know, not anymore, I haven't been to Florida in quite a while, but the people I know that used to do this, um, this will just make them think it's even cooler. Yeah, I know. Like, it's uh, this information is only going to inspire more dickheads to uh, tamper with their emission controls. They think this looks makes them look manly while wearing the tightest Wranglers I've ever seen. <laughs> Wranglers so tight, you can definitely see that uh, that dip in the back pocket. Well, that's for the it leaves ladies. a ring around it. That's for the ladies. I don't know how they do it with the tight pants, but uh, apparently they don't think that's weird. No. And they roll coal and they love it. No, it's actually really manly <laughs> to see the outline of your bro's dick every time you hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, there's nothing more manly than going home and having my wife peel my pants off of yeah. me as I lay down on the bed after it's a long day of work. both of us. Yeah. Anyway, now for some uh, some COVID news. Oh, cool. Uh, and, uh, yep, still bad. Uh, Wednesday was actually the worst day for COVID deaths since the beginning of the pandemic, with 2,885 deaths in the U.S. That's more than any other day this whole time through. Mm-hmm. And uh, while new cases have... Slightly just dipped a tiny, tiny bit since last Friday's peak of 205,000 new cases in a day. Uh, it's still hovering just below 200K. Mm-hmm. Uh, real bad. And, and uh, yeah, because of all that travel and gathering and whatnot that went on over Thanksgiving weekend, despite uh, it being a terrible idea, we can probably expect things to get even worse in the next week. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying that uh, the numbers have dipped a little bit because uh, the reporting went down because of the holidays. So people weren't oh. working in the reporting stuff. So uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a holiday weekend. Uh, from here on out, it's full speed, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, most big cities have issued new stay-at-home orders to try and slow the spread of the virus, including L.A. But as we've discussed previously, the local officials giving these COVID orders often have a really hard time abiding by their own rules. And the latest example is Austin, Texas Mayor Steve Adler being outed for recording a video back in November urging Austinites to stay home while sitting in a timeshare in Cabo San Lucas in Mexico on vacation. Mm. What? 
Optics, people. Yeah. Optics. Uh, he'd also just days earlier hosted a wedding for his daughter at a local Austin hotel with 20 guests, despite local health guidelines limiting gatherings to no more than 10 people. Like, do come as on. I say, not as I do. Uh, like, it's just, it's so frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, if it's if 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 even these these government officials are doing it, like this is how like elites and like rich people, that's how they see this stuff. Oh yeah, no one is abiding by these guidelines. No, especially at this point. Yeah. Like, these people are just getting called out on it because they're hypocrites about it. Yeah. But this is happening everywhere. Yeah, no one's taking this shit seriously. And, like, to be fair, it is, like, at this point, it's hard to even keep track of, like, what the guidelines even are, where you are. Yeah, LA the... released a new one, and it's, like, the same guidelines as March, but also not as biting. And yeah. you can still go do things, but you can't walk or drive to go do them. Yeah, like, trying to figure out what the rules are in LA means looking at the LA, LA County, and state of California guidelines and, like, trying to fucking chart them out mentally. I just make it really easy by staying at home whenever I'm not at the Yeah, studio I mean, like, that's all, that's all you really have to <laughs> yeah. do is just... Avoid other human beings at all costs. Yeah. And avoid breathing on them, especially. Like, that's really all it is. But, like, because people are fucking idiots, like, the government does have to write out these 20-page things, like, explaining how to do that. Again, grocery shopping is a frustrating ordeal because I I just get angry the whole time. So I'm luckily doing that less and less. Yeah. I'm so glad I have – I go to Costco, like, once a month now. And that's it. Yeah. I never have to – I just – one trip – uh, get, get it all stocked yeah. up. And then I avoid crowds for the rest of the month. Yeah, luckily but, uh, for us, like we have abnormal, what you would consider normal person working hours. So when I go to the grocery store, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon on like a Tuesday. Best time to go. It's a great time to go. Anyway, Mayor Adler defended his actions when he was caught. Uh, he said that for both the wedding and the trip to Mexico, he and his family took every possible health precaution, including rapid testing. But uh, yeah, this is a bad look. It also, is. most people yeah. don't have access to fucking rapid testing. Like, rapid testing is another thing that like, Apparently, only rich people have access to this I shit. hear so many f- stories about people getting these rapid tests and be like, yeah, 15 minutes later, I was good. And I'm like, like, I was like, how do I do this? And I checked online, and like the closest place was like, it costs $250. Yeah, it's this thing that just rich, <laughs> rich people just, you know, they keep a stack of them, like burner phones, just in a drawer. Like, oh, yeah, I need another rapid test. Next to their, next to their pile of Plan B pills. <laughs> Yeah, uh, while, hey. while writing bills to block uh, any kind of like yeah. uh, uh, things for women to get uh, abortions or yeah. access to uh, yeah anything like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have compared this whole Mayor Adler thing to uh, a scene in the season four Simpsons episode Marge in Chains, in which Mayor Quimby makes a television announcement from his office about how he is canceling his vacation to the Bahamas because of the local flu epidemic. But uh, yeah, then the joke is like it turns out he's actually standing on the beach in the Bahamas with a fake backdrop behind him. Like the guy, a drummer, a steel drummer walks by and ruins the whole uh Gag. Yeah, it's but, uh, Simpsons predicting the future once like again. He, yeah. This guy was literally down in Mexico being like, hey, everybody, make sure you stay at home. I don't want to hear about any of you guys traveling. Stay at home. Shelter in place. Like, it's one thing for, for look, we know that, no, like, that a lot of people aren't abiding by any of this shit. Right. And, and, and look, it's been a long time. It's probably for the best if you don't do any of this shit, but people are doing it. But it's just like, if you're the mayor of a city, and you're telling people to do this. Literally just, just, I don't know, sacrifice it one time in your life. Yeah. And just be like, this really sucks, but it would look terrible if I went through with this. It's also like, your daughter's having a wedding in the middle of, like, I, I know, like, three couples who fucking, like, 
had to indefinitely postpone their yeah, weddings because yeah. of the pandemic. And like, it fucking sucks, but they did it because having a wedding during a pandemic is a bad idea. It's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. And bad optics. Yeah, it's bad optics. Yes. I would judge them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would probably still be friends with them after the whole thing's over, but I'd be like, that was a bad move. Yeah. And I wouldn't go. I definitely Absolutely wouldn't go. not. Zoom me in. Yeah. Actually, don't. I don't want to be involved in your fucking wedding if you're having yeah. it in person. I don't want any ties to this. And that goes to the future, too. No yeah. more weddings. No more weddings. Cancel them all. <laughs> now that I got married, I'm done with them. Yep. Uh, Ban straight marriage. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it for this week's episode of Tech News Day. Uh, stay tuned uh, for tomorrow. We're going to have a new episode of News Dump because... Uh, Literally the biggest announcement in uh, movie-going history, yeah, recent history, has been made. So check that one out when it uploads, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.